Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee-hee and my hoo-hoo oh. and my ha-ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? And Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music. Happy Monday if you're listening today or if you're listening uh, five weeks from now. Happy whatever day of the week it is to you. <laughs> Happy day. Yes. Uh, Holly and I are here in the studio. Scott, you are still in Vero Beach at your parents' home. I am. Um, are you like sleeping in your high school childhood bedroom? You know, for... Pretty much all of the time I was in college, my room stayed the same. But my parents recently, probably within the last year, switched everything. Like repainted, took off all my decorations, oh. switched the bed, switched the carpet. Oh, man. So it's a completely new room. And I, like, I was at first, it was kind of sad because like, I liked that. I mean, I did a lot of stuff in that room. Had a lot of memories up on the I wall. I bet you but did now do a lot of stuff in that room. Anyway. But it was just, uh, <laughs> oh, Okay. Now it is. I'm I'm used to it now, but it is like a normal guest room, like a, a normal guest bed, mm. just basic decorations on the wall. But That's it is kind of weird. Cute That's gotta be like, weird. It is weird. It is weird. But now I'm used to it. Like now, it's kind of just makes me smile because it's like, okay, I like to see how my mom decorated the room, mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of funny to see like the little picture of like a sea turtle on a wall that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> just you know, you find it in a store. So, but all my high school stuff is still in my closet. So, like, I open my closet and it's like everything in my entire past is right there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always wonder, like, how people feel about that. Because, I mean, when I left for home, it was like my mom moved into the room I was in because I live with my grandmother. Then my mom moved in. And so I took everything when I went to college because my whole thing was like, I'm not coming back home. So I was like, bye, you can do whatever you want with this room because I ain't coming back ever. So I always wonder how people feel when their parents are like, we'll see you later. It's now my uh, sewing room or my game room. It's a little painful. And I I don't know, maybe this is like a thing that parents did, like boomers, I guess, because my my mom was a boomer. So I guess in my age range. But like Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends... Um, when we got towards the end of our college careers, mm-hmm. their parents like up and sold the house. Oh, oh. They either sold the house or they did what Scott's parents did and just like redid everything. And a lot of people were pissed. Really? Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't know how to feel about it because my room had sort of stayed the same. Um, I didn't go home that often, though. Mm. So when I did go home, I was like, oh, yeah. Why did I have that? Like, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom uh, did end up eventually, obviously, selling the house and moving here. And it's weird to me that, like, that house exists and my bedroom exists that, that I, like, grew up in. Mm. And, like, someone else is living in it. Right. Because we built the house. Mm. So I was like, oh, wow. first ever yeah. owner. Yeah. And then now it's just, like, some random room in some stranger's house wow it's just it's weird it's a weird feeling you get attached to homes it's so funny when people say they would because i remember friends being upset when their parents um especially because a lot of the kids that i went to high school with in roswell georgia had their parents had these big old palatial estates Mm. you know these big huge houses and they'd have like you know 
five brothers and sisters, and then when they would all leave, they'd be like, why'd they sell the house? And I'm like, bitch, your parents are tired of paying for you. They are tired of cleaning up. They don't want to have to go around this big old house and clean up after your ass. They done. They don't need all that space. No. What do you even do with all those bedrooms? Right. That's why that has always been super interesting to me. Like, when people... Um, sort of claim ownership over their parents. Like, I remember growing right. up whenever my mom would try to date and my brother would be like, I don't like him. I don't like him. Why you got to date somebody, mom? And I'm like, you realize that she is a whole-ass human who has her own <laughs> yep. feelings and needs and wants. She ain't trying to... You old. You move on. It's yeah. time for her to, like, live her life. That's the thing. I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know um, where it comes from. Whatever parenting that the kid went through, I guess I don't know, but it's like your parent, what, what, like Miguel said, was a whole ass human before you came along, <laughs> continues to be one as you grow up, and will continue to be one after you go and do your adult things. And I don't, I don't know. It's like you don't want change. Like it's a fear of change or mm. abandonment or something. I, don't I know. guess. I mean, I feel like maybe it's people. I mean, because my brother, I would say, is like way more attached to like my mom and my grandmother and I think because like he still lives there he was always there where like I was always the dreamer Mm, I was always like I want to be on the stage I want to go I mean when I was in I think it was like middle school and like early early high school my dream was to go to UCLA like I knew that I was going to leave Atlanta I was going to fly across the country and go to California to go to UCLA and to study acting so I could be an actor an actor an actor a thespian so like I was already like detached and I was like bye see you later (laughs) and then like after I realized okay well they can't afford that I had to go to a two-year school in South Georgia, and then I was like, well, I'll go to one year there or two years, and then I'll go up to Boston to get away to go to radio school there. That's so bizarre that you even knew that that existed. Like, I feel like I didn't even realize that was an option. Mm. It just, I, I think I was so sheltered, and my mom made so many choices for me that if she didn't present it, I didn't know it existed. Mm. And I didn't even know better to, like, try to look right it's a weird thing it was a weird thing so like i i can't it's hard for me to imagine that you even knew that a place called ucla existed yeah no i i knew i mean and i remember like especially my freshman in sophomore year when i like was still trying to like find my way in high school and like i would go on their websites and look and just be like oh my god i can't wait to go and then i remember when i found emerson college in boston they have a radio program and that's when i that's when i realized that i was not a good actor and that i'd be better just being myself and connecting with people on the radio and i was like well all right we're gonna scrap ucla going to la let's go to boston and then that would lead me to like maybe new york or boston or somewhere on i wanted to do radio up on the East Coast somewhere up there. Man. And I was, like, ready. Like, I remember I was in talks with the admissions counselor at uh, Emerson College. And I'm sure if I go in my, like, Yahoo email account, I have emails where I was like, all right, so I'm going to South Georgia College. I'm going to be graduating with my associate's degree. What will you all accept? Like, I was ready to go. And then I didn't realize, like, how much stuff cost. Oh. And then, like, as I got towards the end of my time, and then I was like, oh, this bitch ain't paying $30,000 to go to college. Like, that's not going to happen. That just, it just floors me, like, how worldly you were. Mm. I don't know. I don't. 
I it like I'm like my mind is like does not compute. <laughs> like dee, 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 dee. It what? is. It's like trying to make sense of it, but I get. I don't know. I just and it makes me feel like dumb for myself. Like why didn't I think mm. about this stuff, or why didn't I like push a boundary or like well, think? But it just. I'm glad that you did what you did. Sometimes it makes me feel sad that like I just kind of went with the current. Well, but then you also have to remember though, like growing up gay, you are a lot I don't I don't want to paint a broad brush. A lot of my friends that are gay that grew up in my time period, like maybe didn't have a hard time, but you were you could never be yourself. Mm-hmm. So you would always dream of escaping, quote unquote, of like going somewhere. That was the whole reason why I wanted to go be an actor. I wanted to go to Boston because I did not. I felt like I couldn't be myself in my city. And so I was always looking for the next thing. Like, how can I escape? How can I get away? And so I feel like when you grow up gay, you are looking for that. And so Mm. you look for those options because you're like, I can't just stay here in this one spot and be unhappy. What else can I do? Well, Mm. let me go follow my dreams of being an actor or being a radio person. Okay. Um, and so I think that's what led me to to do that. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think I might probably got swept up in the very, very stereotypical uh, societal based like, here's what you do. Right. You go to high school and then you go to college and then you get married and then, you know, you have a job or whatever. Like, it's just like your life is already planned out. So you're like, I guess that's what I do. Mm. I guess that's just what we do. Right. Like, there's no options. Like, wow. you just do it. And then I realized I didn't want to really do that. Anyway, um, but that's so interesting. It's so interesting, you know, when you sort of have an awakening of sorts uh, and you realize that the world may be a little bigger than you think it is. I remember for me, that was when we got cable in the sixth grade and the first time that I saw the real world and road rules and all that stuff on it, I just watched MTV And I was like, I remember it was real world Miami and just watching these like young 20 somethings, you know, like dating and fighting and drinking and eating and working. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, like you do more than just exist. Holy crap. I want to do that. That that was real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like in my mind, I thought that's what you do in your 20s. Like you live this like super crazy fun social life um and then that with the like tv shows i was watching um like the the saved by the bell and the teen shows where i was like oh you like have parties at friends houses and you do all this stuff and so like i was already like re- i remember when i was in middle school in denver in 6th grade yeah. um i think her name was helen pack i should look her up her and i if i remember correctly We were that summer in the sixth grade going into the seventh. We were like, we need to know, is it (laughs) And this is so stupid that we thought of this, but this is how much TV influenced my life. Her and I were like, we're going to mount a campaign to have condoms in the bathroom for seventh and eighth graders. Because at that time, people were like doing that sort of stuff. And so we were like... We want to, because I think they had just done this on 90210. And so we were like, we're going to do this too for East Middle School. We're going to fight the power. We're going to go march on school board. I am floored right now. (laughs) I didn't even really know what sex truly was until like I had it probably. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know what it was either, but I was like, we need condoms. 
That's what they said on 90210. We need condoms. <laughs> yeah, my mom didn't let me watch those shows. Also, uh, I will have you know, uh, when because Friends came out, uh, what was it, in 94? Mm-hmm. So I was allowed to watch the first season because my mom thought it might be a good, fun sitcom for a for a sixth grader oh. to watch. Oh. And um, we watched the first season, and as each show kept progressing on, she would be like, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> and then after, like, that season, she was like, this isn't real life. That's not what real people do, and this is trash. So you're not allowed to watch it anymore. Oh, no. So I was like, oh. So then I was like, well, that's not real. <laughs> that's why I think I liked Dawson's Creek so much when I was a uh, sophomore in high school, because I felt like mm. it was slightly, like, to to me, like, friends – that was just not real. My mom told mm. me that was not real. Right, right. So when I started watching Dawson's Creek, and like I loved Buffy, but that's kind of like supernatural. Yeah. But Dawson's Creek was like, Ugh. it felt like it could be a little real to me because they were like kids in a small town like me, mm-hmm. but they still seemed to live such glamorous, adventurous lives. Oh, yeah. And so that's when I was like, I want to have an adventure. Mm. And my mom was like, you wait to college till you have an adventure. <laughs> so I did. And then I had an adventure. Oh, dang. I got to pick up this phone call. Hang on. Oh, that's fine but like scott did you have any shows like that because i feel like this whole like teen craze that started with like dawson's creek and buffy the vampire slayer and felicity started in like the late 90s and so by the time we got to you in middle school and high school we had sort of moved on to that so were there shows like that when you were young i think the only show that comes to mind for me is in middle school the biggest show was the jersey shore Oh, and I know it sounds crazy, but like oh I God. remember sitting there in like seventh grade watching the show and like I'd watch it religiously every week and I'd have like friends that we would call and talk to each other about what happened on Jersey Shore and thinking, which I was literally just talking to my dad about this, like I'm at that age now where I remember looking when I was younger of like, man, when I'm in my 20s, whoo, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, here I am sitting at a desk, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was the show that I was like, man, I can't wait to club and drink and party and yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. Now, no, it's not like that. So, like, who did you want to be like when you were watching Jersey Shore back in the day? Either. Well, there was a couple cool ones. It was like either I liked how big Ronnie was, like how muscular he was. Mm. I was like, dang, that's cool. Because back then in middle school, it's like I was obsessed with, you know, getting stronger and bigger like that's my outlet it still kind of is to this day of how i you know one of my first things on how to stick out in a crowd Mm -hmm. try to be a little more athletically built right and then i also liked you know like uh what was his name like paulie d Mm. because he was always just a fun guy that was just making jokes shredded looked good smooth talker all those things oh jersey shore yeah yeah that was my show Uh, It's so interesting. Like, I wonder how these shows influenced us. Because, I mean, I know for me, it took me forever to finally get out of my head. Because all those shows back in the day, Felicity, Dawson's Creek, Buffy, they all made you feel like there was that one person for you that once you found them, everything would click and your life would be great and then when you go through your 20s and you're looking for that and then you realize very quickly it ain't like that. Or you don't realize very quickly. Now, and you keep making the same old now, mistakes. Now. It took me a long ass time to figure that out. It does. It's okay. That's what your 20s are for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not for everybody, Scott. Not right. necessarily for you. But 
for go. a lot of people. Well, and it's so funny because like I somebody posted a picture from a like Memorial Day party or something like what tw- eleven years ago, ten years ago in Panama City when we lived together, Holly. And oh my gosh. I saw the picture, and I remember thinking, I look so good right now. Like I had <laughs> just lost weight. I'd finally met some friends in Panama City, and. I look so dumpy, like my clothes. I just was like, nothing fit right. And it was just like, but in that moment, I could just see the smile mm-hmm. on my face. And I was like, you were feeling yeah. yourself. Girl, you can't touch me right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting. I wish I could get in a time machine and just go back then and just talk to Miguel in that moment. And just to like, remember like what I was thinking and like what, how exciting, because at that time, like, Life was so new, you know, like we had just moved in together, Holly. We yeah. had just started this morning show journey together. Life was completely like, I'm sure for you as well. But for me, my life had turned completely upside down. Oh, yeah. I felt like I didn't have an anchor. I was just like out swimming in the sea, yeah. which was, you know, accurate because we lived near the beach. But <laughs> I just felt totally thrown about and I was just like hanging on for the ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's going to happen what, next? What's today going to bring? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And now, Scott, you're in that you're right like now. You're, like, living yeah. that time period. I'm literally just in the ocean, just staying afloat. Literally, like, that's how I feel right now in this exact moment is yeah. that my anchors are, you know, my big old dreams and my vision for myself. But the waiting in the water right now is just having no idea, like, what this literal next year is going to bring for me with anything. Like, with this career, with my life, when I'm going to be back in St. Pete just in general. Right. So, you're like, in it. it's... It's a it's a weird feeling, and I think with everything just going on in my life, like I just feel like I have this like constant like pain in my gut that I just right now it just sucks because I'm like ah I feel it everywhere I go and everything I do I just have this feeling of like just tenseness and like a pit in my stomach. It doesn't help that you're like boarded up with your dad and like. I'm going to share. I don't think she'll mind. So my friend Erin was texting. She just really likes you a lot. She sort of, I think she sort of feels like a big sister to you maybe mm. from like hearing your stories and stuff on the mm-hmm. podcast because she listens to the podcast every time. So hold on. So my friend Erin and I were texting about you because she reached out to me about you. <laughs> like <she just laughs> know how you're doing and everything and that's fine. Um, let me see. Oh, so first of all, she had some comments about COVID, which I passed yeah. along to you. Um, and she said... When his when he said his dad said just go for full time like dad is so out of touch mm. she said he just doesn't understand she said my mom didn't understand why I was job hopping well this is because these are crazy bitches out here she said <laughs> um, so anyway she and we continued the conversation about how tough you know back and forth it was when you're in that space when you want and need your parents' approval because you're still young enough that, like, you know, they're still, like, looking out for you a little bit, but you're not, like, a fully grown grown-up. I would say that doesn't yeah, happen yeah. until, like, your 30s, really. Oh, yeah. And so you're in this space of, like, I still kind of need you slash want you to, like, guide me, but I'm also doing my own thing, and you're not getting it. And I said it's hard for parents to get the entertainment business, period. Right. Yeah. Because it's so Different. volatile. Yeah. I mean, yes. like, what what does it mean that you don't have full time status or that you don't have health insurance yet? And and um, it just, I don't. I just feel for you because yeah. 
you're up against your own head. And it doesn't help when your dad, even if he's well-meaning, is like, well, just get full time. Steve! <laughs> no! Like, what do you think I've been doing out here in these streets? Mm-hmm. So I I get why you're feeling how you're feeling. And there's no easy way around it. Just through it. Yeah, and it has brought up a lot of interesting thoughts because I don't know what it is. or And I respect the hell out of people that take these leaps in life and they just try new things. And that's something I was, I was talking to many people, including Aaron, about it. Like, you know, if there's something you want to do and just – you want to go ahead and just try it, do it. And mm. I was like, wait, I love that. I love like re like calculating my thoughts and thinking like, wait, I don't have to just stay on this one straight arrow path. Like I could just, if I really wanted to, I could just drop everything and just travel the country if I wanted to and yeah. just figure it out along the way, or I could go work somewhere else. And I kind of like, I'm not saying I'm going to do that tomorrow, but I do like the idea of just, you know, living life pretty much quote unquote of just trying new things and going after new things because like that is just so freaky to me that we have so many things that we could do within our life mm-hmm. that all of a sudden we just pick this one narrow path and we just do it for the one life and we don't really go outside of that line. And then next thing you know, you're 90 and you're like, dang, I wish I would have done more things. I'm like, mm. ah, I kind of want to do just a bunch of stuff. But right now I can't really do a bunch of stuff. But I do want to keep that in my back of my head of like try new things, continuously put that in your head of like I just want to try something new. Yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily be a job, but just something in general, you mm-hmm. know, take that trip, go to that random event and just constantly put yourself in new situations. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And I feel like right now there there is that time to do that. You know, like I yeah. I, I have this this itch myself to sort of start a new project um, like whenever Scott is back in studio and stuff, because right now it's a little crazy. And by the time I leave the studio, I'm just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like, spent. Yep. But figuring out, like, what else is it that I have to say and that I want to do? Because the resources that are out there are just immense, you know? And when I listen to the podcast Business Wars, which is super, super fascinating, it's always so interesting to me on how one little thought can like take you off like down this whole different path like the guys that created uh pizza hut like literally um no no i'm sorry dominoes literally it was a guy it was brothers and a lady who like owned this business shop that they were working in was like hey i have this person is leaving this restaurant i hear pizza is going to be a big thing I'll sell it to you all for cheap if y'all want to lease it and let's start it up. And they were like, we don't know much about pizza, but let's do it. And then like began this whole journey or like with FedEx, I just finished that series and like how literally like FedEx back in the 70s or 70s, like they had just started because this guy came from like a rich family. He had his inheritance and he was like UPS had been around forever. Mm. And he was like, I have an idea. And then the idea like didn't work. And he was like, I think people may want overnight shipping. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. And it was. And, like, literally, they were doing okay, kind of okay, and then not so great. And then, like, literally, they were about to close down, and he just needed, like, $30,000 to pay for gas for the fuel of the planes Mm. to deliver stuff. And he had, like, gone somewhere to, like, try to get investor money. They said no. And he was literally at the airport, and he was like, what if I just go to Vegas and try? What if I try to gamble the money and try to get it? FedEx! 
Max man went to Vegas? Yes. And he won the money to do it. That is crazy. So, like, when I listen to this series, it just really inspires me of, like, I spend, and this is for me, I spend so much time watching everyone else's life on social media, on TV shows and movies. Mm. And I'm always like, God, I wish that could be me. I wish that could be me. And I'm like, bitch, get up off the couch and fucking do it. Like, go do the thing. Mm -hmm. But what happens to me is I'm like, it just feels so immense. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been trying to, like, get together my own personal website for this project I want to start. But I'm just like, it just feels like so much. (laughs) Like, it just. And it's like, just one little bit. And I tell this to people yes. all the time. And it's like, I have to tell it to myself. But it's hard to practice what you preach it sometimes. It really is. And so it really is just like one little step. What is that thing that you want to do? Is it a podcast? Is it a dog sitting business? Do you want to buy it? But whatever it is, just take that first step towards making it happen. And who knows how it's going to expand into this big thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. I totally get that. And I see it a lot Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot too um, with YouTubers, mm. which I don't know. Like, as a side tangent that is sort of influencing my discussion on this right now, I started watching The Social Dilemma last night mm, on Netflix. It's a documentary on Netflix about how we're basically all cogs in the uh, technology wheel. It's crazy. It's insane. I'm. Ta- I we should do a when I finish it. I would like to just talk about that. Yeah. So that I gotta watch it. it's like I'm like halfway through, um, but it will blow your mind in a bad way. I mean, good and bad. But anyway, uh, so it's sort of influencing <laughs> me right now because my daughter, who is seven, watches a lot of YouTube and it's at the expense of anything else. So she's not really watching like cable, prime TV, any other programming other than content creators on YouTube. Mm. And I'm starting to wonder if it's a bad thing for her, but. I digress. When I see these YouTube creators, I'm like, I bet that this girl makes millions of dollars on these videos. And she's basically painting squishies. Oh, God. And then there's another girl. This is not a girl. She's like a woman. Um, and she is, her name's Dr. Squish. And she <laughs> takes squishies apart. So mm. she cuts them and then they see what's inside. Oh, my gosh. And I bet you she's very rich. Right. Because she's been mm. around for a couple of, several, several years now. And has like an immense following, and it's it's entertaining. Right. It's funny. Um, it's I imagine not very like I'm not. I know there's a lot of work that goes into it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're cutting squishies open. Right. But she had this idea, and now she's like doing it. So I see those yeah. types of things, and I'm like, you really have to get quiet with yourself though mm. to figure out what it is that you kind of like to do. That's a big issue for me. Maybe right. not everybody, but I just, I'm always in awe of those people. Oh, you yeah. do it. It's it's a, it's a uh, constant struggle of like figuring out what it is that you have to say and what it is that you want to do, but mm. it's like, you just, you got to do it. Yeah, because maybe that particular iteration of it isn't going to work. Right. But maybe as you do it, you get some more information about something like that that would work. And Scott, your motivational speech that you did at the end of last week, um, did we talk about it on the podcast, the one that you did? Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We did it on a show. Yeah. Uh, wait, we, maybe we did. I don't, did we? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. We, 
that we do the podcast and the show and it all kind of melds together it does. sometimes. And I forget completely because I'm like, I'm on to the next thing. Right, so right. So I don't remember anything that we said. Um, but if if you we didn't talk about it, um, I thought that you connected so well, Scott, with a lot of what a lot of people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And we'll play it to uh, end out the podcast today. Um, but I, I had you post it, I think, Friday on the Miguel and Holly Facebook page. And it's gotten yeah. like over 40 shares and a thousands of views. Um, what what was the motivation for that? Because obviously I mean, well, you are quieting your voice and you yeah. are digging in and understanding the message that you want to get out to people. Yeah, I think like it all starts like that. Like my dream is to and I write this and I think about it every day. It's like, you know, we all have a purpose. I really do believe that we all have a purpose and why we're here else we won't be here. And I've really started to narrow down my purpose is I want to inspire people the way that people have inspired me to chase those dreams, to go after things. And the video that I posted really came from a place of I have this where I just anywhere I'm going or what I'm doing, I think of these thoughts like these inspiring messages. And I was going on one of my runs that I do every day or when I work out, I get these inspiring thoughts. And it felt like it was like a message sent to me, like literally from like somebody Mm. you know the higher beings and uh it was just this message of like honestly it came down to my mom like it came down to like I know my mom is struggling I know she wants to get better I know she's like and this like gets me so emotional it's like right before she got sent back to the hospital she was like on it ready to go after it and like finally become the best version of herself and as I was running I kept thinking of like you know I know right now it is a struggle for her. And the message came from a place where I'm not even able to talk to her right now. And it's eating me from the inside out of just not being able to inspire her and help her when I know she needs it most. And the one thing I just want to tell her is just not give up. Mm. Like, even though like, you know, you're doing therapy and you're trying to like walk again, don't give up. And I know you're getting frustrated and that's okay. But just know that every time you attempt and every time you try, you are getting one step closer to finally becoming your best self. And it will take time. Of course, it's going to take time. Anything you're going after right now, is going to take time. And when I did this video, it took a, a couple of times and I get self-conscious when I'm talking about things because I'm like, okay, is like it became, I think a problem in our society is right now, we worry too much about how many clicks, how many views, how many likes is this going to get instead of is this doing what my purpose was, what I originally started this whole thought process is. And my purpose is to help and inspire people. And so when I was doing this video, I just reminded myself, like, I'm talking to the people that are going through the struggles that my mom is going through. I'm talking to the people that are like me, where it's like you have days like today, this very moment where it's a struggle to keep moving forward. And I thought of that in the back of my head when I did the video. I just I stopped caring about like, ooh, are people gonna watch this? And all I focused on is just that one person, if this could help one person just keep going. I fulfilled my purpose Mm. and I'm trying to incorporate that in my life every day now because I'm just so tired of caring what, how many likes something gets, because at the end of the day, it's not about that. At the end of the day, it's, did I fulfill my purpose? And for me, it's helping people, it's helping inspire others. And that's why I'm doing more of these videos. And that's why I'm continuing putting these messages and these thoughts out there because I'm reminding myself of my purpose, not the whole social media trap of, how popular my post comes. Like if it happens, great. That means it's inspired more people, but that's why I'm doing it. You got it right. 
Well, you can find the video on the uh, Miguel and Holly Facebook page or on Scott's Insta. Um, I'm going to play the video to close out, but uh, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast. And uh, if you want a sticker, just shoot me an email, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com with your name and address. And here is the video that Scott was just talking about. You haven't come this far to only come this far. And you know exactly who I'm talking to, whether it's you or somebody in your life right now that is fighting with everything they've got, but they're getting to the end of their rope where they feel like they can't make any more steps forward. I'm asking you to keep fighting. I'm asking you right now that if it feels like every time you take a step forward and you get knocked three steps back, that you continue to try to move forward because the reality is that you're needed. You're needed in someone's life. The world needs you right now. That every time you continue to make progress, whether you see it or not, we need that. And I know it feels like the darkness is just creeping in and it feels like you're going nowhere. But trust me when I say your fight matters. That by you not giving up, you are making improvements. Because although I don't understand the internal battles that you're going through right now, I'm here to say to you, that you matter, that every ounce of fight that you put into each day matters. And yeah, maybe today wasn't the day. Maybe today it felt like nothing went right. But you know what? Wake up tomorrow and give it everything you've got because you are making progress. You are making moves and I promise you you're gonna get through this if you just keep fighting. People need you. Your family needs you. Your friends need you. Keep fighting. I'm asking you not to give up. Give it everything you've got. And remember that you will make it through this. You and everyone else that is counting on you right now is giving you love and support. And they're praying that you keep fighting. Don't give up. Catch up up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.